Peace be upon you. So one of the most ruthless tyrants that ever walked on earth was Pharaoh. And his atrocities and his behaviors and his tactics are all well documented in the Quran. And from these examples, we can apply them to what we see today in life. And the example that God gives in the Quran of why he was such a tyrant was a certain persecution that he afflicted on the children of Israel. So several times in the Quran, it emphasizes that Pharaoh inflicted the worst persecution upon the children of Israel by killing their sons and sparing their daughters. Now, we want to ask, why was this such a terrible persecution? What lessons can we learn today about this punishment? To maintain grip on power, a tyrant must systematically remove any potential challengers that might undermine their authority. The most conspicuous adversaries to such a ruler would undoubtedly be men of strength and influence who could stand in opposition to the tyrant. So by slaying the sons of the children of Israel and eradicating their potential warriors, Pharaoh attempted to neutralize the possibility of any uprising from those subjected to his persecution. Furthermore, consider the fate of the society that loses an entire generation of males. Males constitute typically the warriors within that society, and without the warriors with them eliminated, the women fall prey to ruthless victimization by their oppressors. And the outcome of this, in addition to the women being victimized, is that the generation to come and future generations are going to suffer by not having males within their midst, that the society as a whole is going to become more feminized and the aspect of having male role models or male support is going to be highly impacted where in general you're going to have a more feminine society. But however, there's a counterbalance to this. It's not like the need for men just disappears. So when you take a generation of men out of the uh, gene pool, what ends up happening is that the women have to take on more masculine roles. They have to go outside of their element to fill that void that has been eliminated. So as the society at large becomes more feminized, becomes more victimized, you also have women who have to become more masculine. They have to take on those traits to fill that void. And what lesson do we learn from this, right? Today in society, we're seeing something very similar take root where the uh, powers at B are attempting to eliminate masculinity from society. And at the same time, they're pushing women to become more masculine. This converging of the sexes is causing havoc for society for generations to come. And unless we have a worldwide awakening and take corrective action, this is going to cause major issues again for generations to come. For years, there's been an ongoing propaganda campaign to classify any acts of masculinity as toxic and an act of assault to suppress masculinity from men in society and particularly targeting children. This narrative suggests that the innate tendencies of boys are inherently problematic and need to be altered to align more closely with the characteristic traits of females by making men more feminized. Boys that are exhibiting exuberance, relishing in 
rough and tumble play, enthralled with toy guns, uh, fascinated with war and battle and conflict, that they are being deemed as problematic. And they're having their tendencies curbed, critiqued, subjected to diagnosis, and sometimes even medicated to divert them from their inherent dispositions of being boys. At the far end of the spectrum, you have boys who are being encouraged and applauded for adopting female guys and asserting an identity as girls and going so far to castrate boys and start calling them girls. But in addition to the psychological uh, warfare that's being conducted, trying to turn boys into girls, there's another factor at play. Since the 1970s, there has been a consistent generational decline in male testosterone. Testosterone is the hormone that plays a crucial role in the development and maintenance of male reproductive tissues and characteristics. And in essence, testosterone is what makes a man a man. There are a multitude of causes as to why there's such a steep decline generationally in male testosterone. And two of the major factors that's believed to be at play is obesity and plastic. Obesity can have a significant impact on testosterone levels. Excess body fat, especially abdominal, is associated with hormonal changes that can lead to lower testosterone. In the past three decades, childhood obesity in the U.S. has more than tripled in adolescents and more than doubled in children. It is estimated that worldwide, more than 340 million children and adolescents between the ages of 5 and 19 are obese, and 39 million children under the age of 5 are obese. In the U.S. alone, 1 in 6 youth are obese. And all this excess body weight, this obesity epidemic, is causing the male testosterone to decline. But there's also that other factor at play. It has to do with the plastics that are being consumed in mass. The amount of plastic that is produced worldwide every year has increased dramatically. In 1950, the world produced about 2 million tons of plastic. But today, it's over 400 million tons of plastic is produced each year. Plastics are found in all kinds of household items. In addition to bottles and food packaging, you also find plastics in furniture, in clothing, that when we do laundry in the lint trap, those particles that are inside there, much of that is plastic. And if inhaled, digested, it's going to affect our hormonal levels. And specifically in men, it's going to cause a decrease in testosterone. According to the NIH, chronic exposure to microplastics induces male reproductive toxicity and decreases testosterone levels. All this plastic is not only impacting the hormones of humans, but also animal life as well. There's this famous uh, saying from Alex Jones that he's saying that the uh, plastic is making the frogs gay. And there's actually truth to this. At least 14 million tons of plastic end up in the oceans every year. And plastic makes up 80% of all marine debris that's found in the surface water and deep seas of the ocean. And while plastic is a major blessing that is, you know, a real gift from God, the fact that we're so neglectful with how we use this and the abundance of it and how we dispose of it, that it's causing major impact in all of the environment, including our own children. In Surah 30 verse 41, it says, Disasters have spread throughout the land and sea because of what the people have committed. 
He thus lets them taste the consequences of some of their works that they may return to right works. That God is informing us in this verse that these disasters that are spreading throughout the land and sea, these are from our own doing. And again, if we're not responsible for these blessings of God, we're going to pay the price. And we're seeing it. You know, it's a blessing to have an abundance of calories. But at the same time, obesity is a serious problem. It's a blessing to have this food packaging of plastic, to have plastic molds for all these things. But again, if we don't treat it with responsibly, we're going to pay the price and suffer the consequences. So it's just interesting to see from the top down that there's this full force effort, both deliberately and unintentionally, where pop culture is pushing men to become more feminine. It's promoting uh, sex change surgeries for children. It's promoting gluttony and all kinds of waste that's only coming back to harm us. And as boys are becoming both metaphorically and literally castrated, women are being encouraged to adopt more masculine traits. Contemporary pop culture advocates for women to diverge from their innate inclinations and instead encourages them to focus on their careers, to chase after their lustful desires. Usually within a society, it is the women who keeps the sexual urges at bay, who promotes monogamy, who promotes marriage. But when women are pushed to join the sexual revolution, to sleep around, to hook up, to think that they have no strings attached relationships, all this is doing is declining the entire society and the well-being of the women. In addition to that, you have this whole focus, again, of their women should be focusing on their careers. They should lean in, as Sheryl Sandberg wrote in her book uh, about a decade ago. As those who aren't familiar, Sheryl Sandberg is the COO of Facebook. And uh, in 2013, she wrote this book that was called Lean In. And it was a huge bestseller. There was all kinds of this movement for women to lean into their careers at the expense of their family and other pursuits. This spawned much of the modern girl boss movement. But has it left women more happy and fulfilled? Recent data showed that one in three American high school girls contemplated suicide in 2021. And between 20, 2009 and 2015, the number of girls between 10 and 14 who were admitted to the emergency room for self-harm tripled. According to a May 2023 uh, Gallup poll, over one-third of women reported having been diagnosed with depression at some point in their life. This rate has been rising nearly twice the rate of men since 2017. The finding also showed that women age 18 to 29 have the highest current rates of depression. So clearly, the feminist movement, the lean-in movement, are not making women more happy. They appear to be more miserable than ever. And another uh, telltale sign of this group, of this cohort, has to do with their political persuasion. It just happens that this most depressed cohort is highly left-wing. From the group of women most impacted, it has been found that these young leftist women are statistically the unhappiest and most mentally ill demographic in America. A 2020 survey showed that 56% of white liberal women between the age of 18 and 29 were diagnosed with a mental health condition. And 40% of liberal women between the ages of 30 and 49 have a current mental health condition. A big reason for this is that liberals are known to be much more involved and aligned with pop culture than conservatives. In fact, for many leftists, political activism is an entire personality 
that has made them hyper-aware and pessimistic about society. Data has also shown that liberals are less likely to prioritize activities that bring them personal fulfillment, such as faith, community, marriage, and family. And only 37% of liberals are married. This is in comparison to 56% of conservatives. So these things that are associated with, you know, monogamous relationships, associated with uh, good uh, support networks, are lacking within this demographic. And instead, they consume this pop culture narrative that women need to be independent, that they need to focus on their careers, that they need to go and pursue their sexual gratification. And this is just making them more miserable. I have a female friend who went to one of these women empowerment sessions at one of these large uh, tech companies. And it was a whole panel of uh, female executives talking about their experience leaning in. And she said there was this one lady, she was in her 40s, and she just starts bursting into tears. And the reason was she spent her whole life focused on her career, that she didn't have a husband, she didn't have a family, and she felt like she lost it all. And all she had to show for was her job title. And that did not provide fulfillment for her. But all this is relatively mild compared to the recent trend of teen girls who no longer want to be self-identified as girls and now want to be identified as boys, with some going so far as to utilize puberty blockers and proceed with genital and breast mutilation surgeries to foster their illusion. To put this in perspective, there has been a 4,000% increase in adolescent girls asking for gender treatment from doctors in the UK alone. Today, 38% of leftist women between the ages of 18 and 29 identify as LGBT. And the number of Gen Z individuals who identify as LGBT has nearly doubled in the last few years. Much data has shown that this cohort, this LGBT individuals, struggle with severe mental illness much more than the rest of the demographics. So it not only makes sense that many liberals who self-identify as LGBT have higher rates of mental illness. God created us male and female. In Surah 53 verse 45 it says, He is the one who created the two kinds, male and female. And in same thing in 7538 it says, Then he created an embryo out of it. He made it into male and female. We are born with our biology. It's the devil who wants to alter God's creation and con trick and confuse an entire population of people to make them think that they're the wrong sex, to try to convince the men to become more feminine and the uh, females to become more masculine. And this is causing all kinds of chaos in society. The Quran tells us not to covet the qualities he has bestowed upon each gender and to be content with the sex that God has designated for each of us. In Surah 4, verse 32, it reads, You shall not covet the qualities bestowed upon each other by God. The men enjoy certain qualities and the women enjoy certain qualities. You may implore God to shower you with his grace. God is fully aware of all things. God knew exactly what we were going to be before our creation. He knew who was going to be assigned to a male body, who was going to be assigned to a female body. And part of our test is, do we trust in God's judgment? Do we trust the fact that God put us in the right bodies? That we should not covet the qualities God bestowed upon the males and the females. Each of us have our strengths and our weaknesses. And we have to submit to God, to whatever it is that He decided for us. The Quran also tells us 
that it's the devils that attempted to destroy this concept of male and female. And their tactic by doing this is through this clever marketing and propaganda campaigns that they use manipulation to trick people into thinking that A, they're the wrong sex, and if they only change their gender, then they're going to be content. We see this example in Surah 2 verse 102. It says, they pursued what the devils taught concerning Solomon's kingdom. Solomon, however, was not a disbeliever, but the devils were disbelievers. They taught the people sorcery, and that which was taught through the two angels of Babel, Harut and Merut. These two did not divulge such knowledge without pointing out, this is a test. You shall not abuse such knowledge. But the people used it in such evil schemes as the breaking up of marriages. They can never harm anyone against the will of God. They thus learn what hurts them, not what benefits them. And they know full well that whoever practices witchcraft will have no share in the hereafter. Miserable indeed is what they sell their souls for if they only knew. My understanding of this verse is that when it talks about sorcery, when it talks about witchcraft, that this is the manipulation of language because this is an association with Babel. And Babel has to do with the concept of mixing up language. And when it says that they did such evil schemes, that they took this knowledge, this manipulation of language, and they used it for such evil schemes, as the translation says, breaking up of marriages, that if you look at it, it's basically the distinguishing factor between a man and his spouse. That when these roles are turned upside down, when they're flipped, then all of a sudden you have chaos within a society. And this has always been the tactic of the tyrants. This is what Pharaoh did with the children of Israel. And this is what the devil is attempting to do today, to confuse people about their gender and their sex. The Quran shows that this is a strategy of the tyrants to push the oppressed population to feminize the men and masculinize their females. This behavior from tyrants is expected. But the real blame is on the parents who bought into this mainstream pop culture narrative and are pushing this idiocracy onto their children, castrating their sons, mutilating their daughters, both literally and figuratively, to appease their tyrannical overlords. Parents who are bowing at the altar of pop culture, who are listening to whatever the mainstream has to say, they're buying into their idols. They're buying into these lies. And in Surah 6, verse 137, it says, Thus, were the idol worshippers duped by their idols to the extent of killing their own children. In fact, their idols inflict great pain upon them and confuse their religion for them. Had God willed, they would not have done it. You shall disregard them and their fabrications. It's our duty that when someone is telling us such nonsense, that a boy and a girl, they can change uh, sex, they can change gender, that gender is fluid and this nonsense, that we disregard it. We don't buy into this narrative, and by no means do we push this upon our children. I was at the local library uh, recently, and they have a whole section dedicated in the children's section for LGBTQ pride garbage, talking about their grandpa being in a gay parade, talking about sexual acts of how minors can engage in this. And all they're doing is they're confusing these children. They're reading these books with bright colors, the gay BCs. And as if that's not bad enough, they're encouraging grown men dressed as prostitutes to go and read these books to these kids. It's disgusting. And we should never stand for it, no matter how many people in society are saying that this is what they want. As believers in God, 
We should always advocate righteousness and forbid evil. And if we don't, we will suffer the consequences. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, you want to get in touch, please join us on our Discord server. We have over 3,000 members. Praise God. It's a thriving community. We do weekly Quran studies. We do meditation, recitation, and we just discuss with like-minded people. And we would love to have you join. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to QuranStudyApp.com. If you want to get notes from today's talk or just other topics, check out the Quran Talk blog. And until next time, peace and God bless.